You are listening to Cord FM, a podcast for the femme perspective in North Idaho. Cord FM is recorded, mixed, and produced at The Hive, creative co-working for ambitious folks. Find out more at thehivecda.com or follow along and get inspired at The Hive CDA on Instagram. We invite you to come find your sweet spot <laughs> I do this every time. at The Hive. You do? Tell me your ritual. Yes, yeah, so okay. I... Well, it's a little weird because somebody's at speak. Somebody was sitting there watching you, yeah. <laughs> and then yes. the guest is there. <laughs> it's weird, but I always would say, like, okay, I just need a moment, and they would all sit there, and I would just kind of look through my notes one more time. I take a deep breath and like, kind of, okay, you got this. <laughs> Mental pep talk. Yes. And then I would say, okay, and they'd start. Come yeah, back. for those profound, in my profound thoughts, questions, where I'm going to probe into your soul. Mm. You can ask me anything. I'm <laughs> such an open book. Welcome to Core de Femme, the podcast for elevating the femme perspective here in North Idaho. Today, I have with me a very special lady. This is Jen. We all know her as Leatherbird. <laughs> this is Jen from Leatherbird. Hi, hi everybody. <laughs> Melinda, hi, I have to say too, thank you so much for having me. I am just like beyond honored to be here. I think the world of you and your business and what you're doing for our community. So I'm happy to be here. Thank you so much. Yeah. I am going to um, save that little clip that you just said, and I'm going to like air it several times, like in and out of other podcasts. If you're feeling Here's down, yeah, or having a day, you're just like, click. I'm going to push the Jen button and be like, okay, I'm good. You just I'm call good. me and I'll tell you again. <laughs> I love it. Well, I wanted to have you on the show. One, because I met you when we first began to really talk about the hive and you were at a women's um, networking group. Remember that? It was at Leah, the lingerie yes. store. And we all sat in a circle. <laughs> we had a glass of champagne. And we just talked about the things that we were doing. And that was my first time ever. Like, what? Publicly <gasps> saying, so I'm doing this thing. No, it I don't. It was so weird. I was so nervous. I was all sweaty. But you were so kind. You were genuinely sincere and interested and I'll just you were just the standout person where I left thinking I need to know her I want to know her more I am like so that means a lot because that I am shocked that that was your first time explaining you know everybody who was sitting there all wonderful women doing wonderful things but when you spoke I thought in reverse, like, I want to know her. Oh, she has got it together. (laughs) She is doing great things. Like, and I had hardly been to any networking events. So I was super intimidated by the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, where am I? What am I doing? It really wasn't that intimidating of now. Like when I look back, okay, it was at a small little boutique shop. There was like 10, 15 of us there. Yes. It was all me. It was all internal. Yeah. Yeah. Self-imposed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For sure. <laughs> so that's funny. It's like you, yeah. your own perception of what is happening doesn't seem to always match other people's in oh the best gosh. way. Totally. It's in my communications class this semester, we've really been talking about that intersection of perspective. And if you think about it, unfortunately, like a car accident, Mm. well, you have the person behind the wheel. You have the person who was behind them, the person on the street. You have the traffic um, camera up in the sky. And then you have a cop who's just hearing everyone's story and having to try and piece it all together. Like there's so many different perspectives of what actually something is and how it affects people that that's what communication is. It's, I a, love, it's an opportunity to learn. Yes. To learn how we feel and process life. As I humans. love that analogy so much. I think too, always important then to recognize that your perspective, let's say on the sidewalk, isn't the same as the person who was in the car. Yeah. And to kind of, I always try to check myself, like what did, what was my perspective here? And then, you know, what was somebody else probably thinking or feeling in the situation? Right. Yeah. Right. The emotional toll and all of the things that go on in all of that. I mean, I, I wish I could use a different scenario that would paint the picture better than <laughs> a car a good... accident. I mean, I'm thinking of like carnage and someone's How mangled about... and I'm like, oh God. A parade. Oh. A parade. <laughs> 
I'll be the one in front with the cotton candy, like waving my little flag. I'll be on the side of the street looking for candy. Uh, okay, and why have they stopped throwing candy from parade? I they? feel like I don't ever get candy anymore. Oh. Like that used to be a thing. Like yeah. oh, someone's coming by and they're throwing like dum dums or something. How funny is they that? Don't do that anymore. I hadn't thought about it. <laughs> Sad day. You haven't thought about candy at a parade. Oh my god. <laughs> oh no, I think about candy. <laughs> okay, so I just want to start off that. Okay, you have a podcast. I do. Your podcast is the is make the podcast. Make the podcast. Yes. yes. Okay. I, kind of. I was sort of going for a play. You know, I've never recorded a podcast or I have no experience doing that. Yeah. Um, but kind of that thought that. If you want to do something, you can do it. You yeah. know, you can make the earrings or you can make the podcast. Yes. You can do whatever it is oh, that you I want to do. I love that so much. Do. And it. Yeah. It's been a fun journey and fun hearing um, from other makers or small businesses kind of how they got started. I think people forget, you know, they see someone having success and they don't think about that person started in the same place that, right. you know, they didn't know what they were doing at some point. Yeah. You know, everybody has to go through that learning curve and kind of, I think it helps us relate to each other in a way when we all remember we started at the same place. Yeah. yeah. I think even just that reality check that there is a place to start. Yes. Like with Instagram and social media, we can just get carried away at this perfection of, boom, here it is. Yes. No, this picture actually took about a year to make. So yes. that's, there's so many other things that we have to just do it. And oh, go, yeah. And just try it out. <laughs> it's so easy to get caught up in that comparison game. And, you know, when people, people do inherently on social media, which I struggle with a little bit, people they are only showing this small snippet and they're showing the best part, the part that they do have figured yeah. out, you know? Yes. So as an outsider looking in, it does look like they have it all figured out, but trust me, they don't. Right. <laughs> or if they do, they, or at least some of it figured out, it took them time and failure and mistakes to get to that point. Yes. Um, so just, yeah, something to remember. Yes. I love that. And you know, I've been in the beauty industry for many years and that was always a thing. Like it was almost this house of smoke and mirrors. Like you could make yourself look any way you wanted to. You could really yes. tease your hair out. But at the end of the day, you take it all off and you're still you. Like oh, it's yeah. Still <laughs> I've seen those videos on, you know, TikTok or, or Instagram where the person makes them look like oh someone. Oh, it's yeah. so crazy to me. It's wild. But it is a good thing to remember, you know, at the end of the day, yeah, you strip all, uh, strip away whatever it is whatever it is yeah and you are you and you're you have your ideas and yeah and you just have to start there yes so I love that I love that that's what you've been talking about I've been listening to your show um I talked to Danny from Lucid Roots after I, I listened Danny. to your show with her I was like oh my gosh these girls and we all live in the same area it was really really cool that I yes. know you guys like I do, oh, I, I feel, feel that like way there's just some great energy in this area there really you're is part of it you're just you're Thank such you. an instigator of it too I so appreciate that it's funny though you know before I started Leatherbird or the podcast you know I I've, I've lived here for a little while and I just had no clue that all of these wonderful people and creatives were here. Yeah. And I was like, was I just living in a hole or, <laughs> or were we not um, given the opportunity to find each other as much? Yeah. I don't yeah. know, but whatever it is, I'm just thankful now, especially with your space here, you know, we have more chances to cross paths because I really feel like creativity fuels creativity. Yes. You know, when I'm around other people doing their thing and doing it yes. well, it inspires me to do mine even better. Absolutely. And I explained this as like kind of the premise of where this dream started from was that I worked at a beauty school in Denver and it was, we I had a Denver. clinic floor and it was massage therapists, uh, makeup artists, skin estheticians, and then hair colorists and stylists and all of these different beauty industry niche professionals. But we're all on the clinic floor doing our thing with people and 
everyone's at a different level of their professional journey too. But there was an energy about that where you could be wearing the, you know, we all wore black because that was the dress code, but we all had our individual unique style and our point, what we called our point of difference. Everyone had a yes. point of difference. That way, the way that you operate, your communication style, your presentation, your clientele, it's all unique to you. So there was never a competition. Mm -hmm. And then moving on into the salon, it was the same thing. There was 40 of us women, 40. We're all in our own station. You know, mm -hmm. it was like, I call it the OG of co-working. We were just yes. all stylists in one salon, but you weren't trying to be the girl next to you. You were trying to be you and build your own business. And you got inspired by other people in the way, oh, I like the way that she said that. Oh, I like the way she handled that situation. Like, And then we ask each other questions about mixing formula and things like that. It was never a competition. So I see that here. That's my hope for this space is that people get inspired by the other ways that they see and listen to people doing things differently. Absolutely. I think a lot about well, and I had a, a podcast episode about this, but I had an incident with a, co a copycat. Um, Tell me about that. Oh, gosh. Tell me about Because, see, <laughs> I, I think I heard you talk about it once, and I was like, what does that look like? Because, yeah. like I said, coming from a salon where there's 40 of us, we're all wearing black, we're all kind of doing the same stuff on this. Mm -hmm. But what does a copycat look well, like, really? And interestingly, I am such a person where it's – there's space for all of us and I can be standing next to somebody else who makes earrings and I, yeah, I don't feel competition with them. I almost feel like if they succeed, that's going to help me succeed. You know, we're, yeah. we're, you know, bolstering earrings for people. And if people like earrings, you know, that's good news for both of us. Yes. <laughs> kind of thing. Cause I'm, um, I'm an addict by the way. I, My name's Melinda and I'm an earring addict. <gasps> It's just, the, it's the one thing. It's, it's like, you can't have enough. <laughs> it's so funny. I'm such an earring person. Like even at my wedding, I wore earrings, but no necklace. No, Ooh, like, and yeah. I did have a bracelet, but like earrings are my go-to accessory. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. But I just think for, for copying, like you said a keyword earlier of just inspiration and getting inspired by the people around you. And I really think you can feel and know when you're inspiring people in a great way versus when they've taken the op taken it as a blueprint mm. and they are going to do it the exact same way with not a, I don't know a genuine intention. So maybe if someone had the same font and they called themselves leather box, <laughs> like is that what you mean, or even like the same style of earrings? Yeah. In... Well, I mean that's the tricky part too. Like I don't own earring styles. Right. Like I can't. I mean, even if I tried to go trade copyright or trademark, or I I don't get to own those. Yeah. And I recognize that. Um. But what makes my my brand special, I would say my point of difference to use your words, yeah. those things. Um, if somebody tries to take those things, that's where it gets a little gray. Um, the, I mean, this particular incident I dealt with, um, somebody, they did not live here. And the okay. only reason I, I found them was they followed me on Instagram. Mm. And so, um, you know, I don't, I don't look at every single person who follows. I do try to pay attention though, because I want to have a relationship with my customers. Um, but I did happen to click on hers and, uh, I ended up looking a little further. She had, I mean, lifted my entire website. Oh shoot. All of the, like down to the description, like that you see when you search her page. Oh. I mean, it was my words, Oh my, my gosh. words on Which, her by website. the way, Creating copy for products and for posts for anything is a big deal. Like it's stressful. It's time consuming. There's a lot of editing. There's a yeah. lot of like um, steam coming from your ears sometimes when you're trying to word things the right way. Yes. So to have to do all that work and then have someone just copy and paste it. like Well, and, yeah. And words. It's interesting too. She was also copying my packaging, which oh. that... Again, gray area, technically, unless I've gotten that copyrighted or trademarked, like yeah. I can't necessarily, you know, 
ding her for that. But the fact that she had lifted my website, um, my words, you know, once you put writing out into the world, into creative space, it's copyrighted by default. Um, I actually had Brittany Rattel. She's oh, a local her. attorney. Oh, I, her. I too. I love her. Love her. Um, for anybody who hasn't found her and yes. needs legal advice <laughs> of any sort, just go follow her. She is a breath of fresh air. And she's hilarious. She's her posts hilarious. are just the best. <laughs> and she's so knowledgeable. Yeah. She's so intelligent. Yes. Um, but she helped me just like get some clarity there. Um, but yeah, when, you know, when you put that written word out into the universe, somebody cop, I mean, that's automatically copyrighted. So then when they lift that, like when they lifted my website text and a lot of it, um, then there lies an issue. So it was awful. I'm just not a confrontational person by nature. Um, I didn't sleep. For, for like a week, how my did, heart just How raced. did you find it? Did someone tell you or did you just... No, so I had, she had followed me and then okay. I went to her page and I saw and, some oh. things that looked... It was when I saw in her story, she was doing her packaging just the exact same. Her earring names were the same. She was copying the style. Oh I mean, she was gosh. really copying everything. Not even like trying to... No. Like I, I think blur she, the trail. I think she thought I wouldn't see her. Uh, and why would I? I mean, you know, she doesn't mm-hmm. live here. And it just... I just happened to click. And I don't yeah. know why, but I did. And then it, I felt steamed when I saw what was happening on her Instagram. And then on her... her she has a larger following on Facebook. And I'm not really active over there. Um huh. And then when I saw the website, that's when I really just, (laughs) my alarm bells went off. So did you reach out to her at all? So I did, yeah. Um, I consulted my dad a lot. He is a small business owner. He's computer software, so totally different. But I just consider him to be like the wisest person that I know and very like in tune with small business and so dad, am I like way off base here? How do I, how do I do this? And he said, he, he's the one who said, you know, there's a, such a thing as creative copyright. Yeah. And once that is infringed upon, it is your right to advocate for your business. Okay. It's like, you can choose to let it go. Um, or you can choose to speak up and you can say, you know, this is creative copyright infringement and you need to stop. And if you don't, um, I will have a lawyer draft a cease and desist letter. Oh, shoot. And I, again, I'm not confrontational, (laughs) but this, it's like, as you know, when you have a small business, it is so much effort Mm. and so much heart to develop Mm -hmm. it. And I do so with like the best of intentions and bringing, you know, this positivity into the world And it just felt like it was tainting that for me. Mm. And I thought, you know, what would I want for my daughters? I have two daughters. It's like, I would want them to feel like they could stand up for what was theirs. Yeah. And do so in a respectful but firm manner. Yes. It's like, I'm not going to, I did not comment a single thing on her posts. It's like, I'm not going to go, um, slander her or make her look bad. She did work hard to build her business. And she, before she started switching to be like my stuff, she had a great thing going. She had lots of customers. And Mm. so I'm like, I'm not out to ruin her. I want her to succeed, but I want her to do so with her own ideas and be respectful of mine. So Again, it was like the worst ever to go through, but, um, I feel good about how it was handled. And she did at first, uh, she just denied it. I've never seen your stuff. And, and that was really hard because I mean, clearly she had. And so I was like, you know, I'm going to just cite some examples. And, um, then that she slept on it. And the next morning she came back and she apologized and she said, I'll take it all down. How do I make it right? Wow. Yeah. That's really special. It was, you know, she heard you. She heard me. Yeah. And that's all I wanted. I just wanted her to hear me. And again, I want her to do her thing and, and, rock her own ideas um, because she can. Yeah. And she doesn't need mine. Um, And so, yeah. 
Again, and I know like there's a lot of gray area and a lot of inspiration and yeah. that's how fashion is. <laughs> it's like everything's a little bit of copying someone. Right. You know, I'm not the only person who's knotted leather before. And right. <laughs> you there's know. the off the runway, you know, yeah. Gucci makes these great pants, but yes. Forever 21 has an awesome version <laughs> yes. for $10. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm like, again, I think there's space for everyone, but there is a line And I just encourage people, like if in your heart and your gut, you know that line has been crossed, address it, you know, respectfully with strength and dignity and do what you need to do for your business. But also, yeah, like to encourage them in the right direction too. Yeah. Kind of what I... Because those kind of confrontations, that is is a form of confrontation and it's extremely uncomfortable, but it does produce something in us. It does. It produces a strength to to maybe feel more comfortable if we have to do it again. Yes. And the grace to do it again if we need to. Yes. But also, like you said, we can't we can hope these things for our daughters, but yeah. if they don't see us doing them, if it they is. don't hear what that sounds like and experience and see what it does emotionally to their yes. mother, like how will they know what's right and what's normal and what's good? Like, uh, so yes. kind of doing that work and... I've, I've been there before where I, my kids have seen me cry and they're like, what's wrong with mom? And mm-hmm. I'm like, let me just tell you. Yeah. <laughs> and I tell them if it's something, you know, that yeah. they can handle. And they're like, well, what are you going to do about it? And I told them what I was going to do about it. And I told them that I didn't want to do it, but I needed to do it anyway. Yeah. And then guess what? Like my son, 10 years old, the next day comes home from school. How'd it go, mom? Oh, like I was like, yes. oh, he's, he's life real life happen he knows that we have to do these hard things and we do them and it's okay like I think about that a lot and my mom and I have actually had a lot of conversations about that is like you really are showing your children what life looks like yes and I want my children to be as prepared as possible to handle life and what life is going to throw at them and it doesn't do them any Um, good for me to sweep things under the rug all the time or not share with them any, some challenges um, so that they know how to navigate them. I think too, a lot about, you know, when I transitioned to doing Leatherbird previously, I, I, I'm a stay at home mom and I wasn't doing that. And I really had sort of lost myself in motherhood. Mm -hmm. I just had stopped doing all of my hobbies and all the things I really loved and I kind of, you know, had this point when I was like, I need, I need to start doing those things again. They make me happy. You're like, my name's Jen. Yes. <laughs> and I, can someone in this house please call me Jen just yeah. once this week? Yes. Remember, oh yes, I am a person and I do things and I think things. And I mean, I, it was so bad too. Like I, I just was so excited to be a mother, yeah. you know, and yeah. doing those things. But then I had some health stuff pop up and... I just got to the point when I thought I need to have a thing for me. And when I started doing it, because it was a difference for my girls, like mom isn't available at our beck and call, you know, (laughs) it was mom, why are you working? And I struggled with some of the guilt, just mom guilt to the max of I'm choosing to have this time away from them. But I really, at the end of the day, I was like, I want, I want them to know what it looks like to work hard at something that you love mm. and so that they can do it too yes. when the time comes. Yes, I love that. And I, I don't think there is a mother alive who's never experienced that yeah. where you know that there's this piece of you that's kind of crying out to develop and grow and expand. Mm-hmm. But then this another piece of you, which is a mother, only knows it in this, maybe this one way. And we have to learn how to merge them and become all encompassing of all the things. Yeah. Because it is possible. Yeah. It's a new space, you know, and it's one you can't prepare for. Yeah. Like you can't be ready for that day when motherhood and personal endeavors have to collide. Like they have to. Right. Um, You can't, like here, I was really focusing on motherhood, dropping the ball on anything personal and I suffered for it. I wasn't as happy as I could be. Yeah. Um, or showing my girls what that looked like. So yeah, just kind of 
when that time comes, it's like, you just, you figure it out and you, yeah. you move forward. And yeah. yeah, it's like the saying, children learn what they live. Yes. They don't just learn what you teach them and what you tell them, but they learn what they live and what they live in their home, how, what they hear, how they witness life happening. Like that's, yes. that's what we get to do. Absolutely. <laughs> it's so true. That's the responsibility. It is. It's, it's a hefty responsibility. <laughs> It's like so, motherhood. do you have any nicknames, Jen? Oh, besides, gosh. Besides Jen? Uh, mostly just Jen, with two N's. Oh, two N's. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, most people get it wrong. I don't know. I When I was young, my dad called me Scooter. Mm. And I was, I mean, he just, that kind of stuck. And I called love me that. that. Yeah, but Scooter. every once in a while, he'll throw it out still. Um, and then, yeah, my, I, I played volleyball in high school. Okay. Pretty competitively. And I was, they called me generator because I was just like, keep going, <laughs> generator, <laughs> which sort of carries it. over. Sometimes I don't know how to stop. Like if I start yeah. something, I just, you know, keep moving. Yes. Um, and I like to think that before J-Lo was J-Lo, I was J-Wo. <laughs> <laughs> you were J-Wo? Oh yeah. My, my elementary school friends, hi Whitney, um, <laughs> she started calling me J-Wo, Jenny Wo, and that sort of stuck. And then even in college, my one of my other friends, she sort of like transitioned to that to just J-Wo. 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 <laughs> and my best friend calls me dude. <laughs> and I call her dude, and we will call each other that until we're 90. Oh, my gosh. My best friend and I call each other dude also. <gasps> no way. Yep. yep. Oh, my gosh. Since 1992, yes! we have been calling each other. But it That's always so changes funny. like it's. Except dude, or else we'll say deed. Oh, I love that. That's so funny. I've never known anyone else. All the different ways in California that you could say dude, we we say it, and that's what we call each other. That's hilarious. (laughs) I don't have any cool excuse like Southern California for why we started doing that. But to this day, as yeah, grown women, we just call each other dude. I love it so much. Uh, Do you have any experiences with that with your? jewelry business? Do you feel like it's leading you in a a direction that's new or different? Or do you feel it starting to shift and change? Absolutely. I mean, I feel like Leatherbird and I didn't, it was the best adventure I didn't know was coming. (laughs) I just, I didn't even really plan to start a leather earring business. It just kind of accidentally happened because I was wanting a thing and it sort of presented itself and I just moved with it. But, you know, before Leatherbird and before I had kids, I worked as a speech pathologist Mm. and that's what I went to school for. And I kind of always thought, you know, after my, my girls are home and, and then they go off to school, maybe I would go back and do that. Um, but then yeah, Leatherbird happened which sort of led me to being connected with my community in a way I didn't know could happen. Hmm. Um, that's, I mean, even way more than earrings, that's what I love the most about my business. And I really try to make a conscious effort to make it a space for community. I want people who come shop and who follow Instagram and who are there to feel like they're part of something we donate, I donate sales every month, um, back to different causes and that I want people to feel like they're part of that. Yeah. And we're making change, even if it's a small ripple in the world, like we're doing something yeah. and there's, everyone's included, like come yeah. here, be here. Um, whether they buy earrings or not. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's really important right now too. People need to feel that their money isn't just buying something, but it's contributing to something like you yes. are, you're really, we all are very aware of where our money goes right now. And we know that like, Oh, I didn't realize that you were supporting that with your, I yeah. think I'm going to go this direction. And the same way of like, Oh wow. I didn't know you were about that. Cool. Yes. I'll get another pair. Like, I mean, yeah. You think about like we talk with our money. We do. You are absolutely we talk, telling. We vote. We yes. partner. We align. Absolutely. Yes. And when you choose to spend your money somewhere, I don't care where, just when you choose to spend it there, you are quite literally saying to that business, like, I want you to stay open. Yeah. I want you to keep doing your thing because I'm spending money to say like, yes, that's my vote. Yes. Um, and so I think, 
I, that, that concept has fallen on me more than ever. And especially with everything lately, you know, Mm -hmm. shop small, shop local. That's sort of almost like a trendy thing happening now. And I want people to understand like what that really means. Like if you come spend money with me, if you live here in this community and you spend your money on me, I'm going to show you, oh, I'm spending it over at that small business. And then I'm going to go spend it at that small business. Yes. And you are listening to Cord of Femme, a podcast for the Femme Perspective in North Idaho. Cord of Femme is recorded, mixed, and produced at The Hive, creative co-working for ambitious folks. Find out more at thehivecda.com or follow along and get inspired at The Hive CDA on Instagram. We invite you to come find your sweet spot at The Hive. I'm going to donate it over to this place. I was like, when I post about these other businesses and all these things, it's I feel like I'm churning the community in the small way that I can and showing people like it's cool and beneficial to where you live to do that. Right. And you're also living it yourself. Yes. As as Jen, the human being, not, you know, apart from Leatherbird, you have a family and where you spend your money is just as intentional as you, where you want people to be spending it with you. Like that's... Absolutely. Living with intention. I feel like that is it. Whether it's a dollar or $10,000, it's like have an intention. Know where it's going. Mm-hmm. Know who's benefiting and who's being supported and who's getting cut out of that. Like, yeah. Just and have an idea. <laughs> it's so true. And I'm, I'm like, I don't mean to knock like there is a time and a place for Amazon. I, <laughs> I use it, you know, like yes. convenience is yes. great sometimes. But I do think, you know, at times if you, if you're able to, to divert like the way that you're spending, it will benefit your community and make yeah. it like, I love living somewhere with all these cool small businesses. Yeah. If we don't shop from them, they will close. Yeah. And then I won't right. live in a community that has them anymore. Right. And that does not, you know, fall lightly on me. I yeah. think about that and and I just think that's something so great about where we live is yeah. the small business support and I want to be a part of that. Yeah. And on on the other coin of that, I think, which is to me sometimes the more controversial side is, like you said, it is kind of cliche now, shop small, shop local. But at the same time, you still have to have a good product. Yes. You know, oh, yes. I think we can get wrapped into this like, well... I'm local. I'm your local provider of this. Okay, but it still has to be good. Yes. Like, I and have to really like this. Oh, yeah. That's the other thing. I think you can't assume that people are going to just come shop from <laughs> you, which sounds so silly. But, but small towns can be like that. They small can. towns can be more of, I'm popular, so people are going to come shop at my place because I've lived here forever and everyone yes. knows me, when really, like, but do you have a product? Like, I, let's at least have some... This is my test for myself always is one, I never, ever expect a single one of my friends to buy my product. Mm. I could care less if they buy. I mean, obviously I love the support, but I'm not doing my job well if they're my customers. Like I need to be doing such a good... (laughs) I love that. that. That's really good. (laughs) It's so true though. I'm like, I need to be doing a good enough job that strangers want to shop for me. (laughs) And that's what, when I started, I didn't even tell my, I did not tell any of my friends. I think I was, I was embarrassed or I was nervous it would fail. And it felt like such a frivolous endeavor to me, you know, like (laughs) I'm making earrings now. (laughs) And I just, I didn't, and I, I just didn't want them to feel obligated (laughs) to support me. I don't want pity customers, <laughs> pity you know, customers, our friends. Yes. Oh my gosh. I, and maybe everyone, maybe, maybe many women have this experience, but like <laughs> I went through my own Mary Kay phase like mm, over yes. 10 years ago. And the only people who bought from me yes. were my mother-in-law and my mother and my sisters. And I'm like, this isn't it. Yeah. We're having parties and we're all just hanging out together like we always do, but someone has to buy something. And I'm like, I don't like this But That's the hard part though, is I think that women crave having something. Yeah. And so like the Mary Kays or other things, you know, they are giving this opportunity to have that. But the struggle there is you don't have a point of difference. It's like everybody else is doing it too, right? And that's kind of where I, you know, when I 
thought I, I need to have a thing Yeah. where I really just felt like one, I don't want my friends to feel like I'm selling to them yeah. Two, I want to be something different and I can't be some, not, I'm not to knock any of that or people who are doing that. Yeah. But for me personally, it was, I feel like I want to have a point of difference and I have things to say and things I want to show. And I can't do that in someone else's structure in someone else's structure. Yeah, I'm just going to yes. try my own, which was so <laughs> invigorating because my personality, I just um, I have a fear of failure or a fear of judgment. Um, and it's really stifling mm. to be that way. Mm. And it took me a really long time to feel comfortable trying something that felt really outside of the box to me. Mm. And I am thankful, you know, growing up, I have two amazing parents and an amazing brother who are very encouraging people. It's going to make me cry. Um, but they're just so encouraging and uh, supportive of creativity and thinking outside the box, which for my personality of being somebody just afraid of judgment and failure, had I not had that kind of upbringing and to this day that kind of encouragement mm -hmm. it would be a lot harder for me to to put myself out there yeah to do something yeah. um but yeah it felt life-changing when I finally was like you know what took me until <laughs> my 30s but here we go I'm gonna yeah. just try it yeah and now it's like I've opened this can of creativity that I yes. can't shut and that's why it's like, oh, podcast, earrings. Yes. <laughs> like all the and things. you continue to discover more aspects of Jen yeah. that you didn't know were there or that you knew were there, but maybe you just never gave the time and attention to. Like, yeah, I didn't want to. We're wanna, so complex. Yes. We really are. And if we're not giving ourselves permission to explore these little avenues, we're really not giving ourselves justice to be fully alive. Absolutely. Know? I felt like I couldn't let myself try like my brain couldn't even go there yeah. because I would be stopped by that little voice in my head of just saying like that's embarrassing or like that's <laughs> not gonna work people will think that's weird yeah. or whatever um yeah isn't that weird we, we say that like people will think who are these people? Oh, yes. Like, I, I say the word people all the time, and my husband keeps saying that. What people? <laughs> Can you people? say a name? Could you say, like, one name? And I'm like, yeah, no. People. People. <laughs> Those people. No, but the really. word. People have blown my mind <laughs> with how supportive they are. You know, here I, you prepare yourself for the worst, naturally. Yeah. And you just think, oh, pe the people. The, the people. people are going to judge me or do this. And the people generally are nothing but wonderful. And they, yeah. you know, we as, as people want to see each other succeed, I think. Yeah. And I have felt that. I have yeah. felt that kind of support. And I have so much support at home. Like my husband is amazing. And my daughters even, I mean, they're super encouraging in their own little way. You know, they're pretty young. Mm. Um, but it's, it's been the best surprise that, you know, it's not as bad as you think. Yeah. <laughs> Just rip the band-aid. Yeah. Oh, I love that. It's not as bad as you think. <laughs> we can really set ourselves up and work we, ourselves up to of like how we think it's going to be. And I am the queen of that. It's like, I think I can figure out the whole situation before the situation happens. Right. And it's like, no. And, that, and fear is paralyzing. It is. So you just stay. Very stagnant. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> I spent way too many years there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cheers to that. Cheers to that. We are having some Malbec right now. We are. And <laughs> and I don't hate it. Jen Malbec. Why does that sound familiar? I don't know, but that's catchy. Jen Malbec. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So we talked about this a little bit before um, we started recording, um, but I was going to ask you about communication and social media and things like that. Let's talk a little bit about privacy of people and posts. And you were saying how you do have a schedule, yes. um, but the ways that you post are different and yeah. some considerations you've had. Well, it is interesting. You know, I'm such a researcher and I try to read online as much as I can about what I should be doing or what works for people, you know, mm -hmm. and you always see, you know, Everyone says, put your face on the feed. 
you know, people will feel more personally connected to you. And, And Instagram, which is what I use the most, is really inherently a social space. It yes. didn't start for businesses. It started for people to connect. And it, and, a, and a more visual expression because yes. Facebook is a lot of words and talking and yes. opinions. But this is like Instagram. Yes. It's the yeah. visual. It's the artistic. It's the, yeah. Totally. So here you are in this visual space of Instagram and people are saying, you know, put your face up there or show faces. People connect yeah. more with faces. Yeah. But I have this, Again, here's a fear, but just I really don't like the feeling of self-promotion. Mm-hmm. It makes me so uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, you're posting other biz- or people will say you know, post other businesses. I even say this, but I don't ever want a biz another business or another person to feel like I am using them to promote. So right. that's yeah, self-promotion right. or using another person for promotion. Yeah. And there's a really fine line there. Um, so I I have just decided, well, one, I, I really don't put my face up there much. But if I do, I really try to come from a genuine place. Um, that's sort of my, at the end of the day, motto for everything I do is if it comes back to a genuine intent, I feel like it will translate. Yeah. And if I share another business, I'm not doing it to promote my business, you know, I'm doing it because I think that business deserves to be shared. Yeah. And I think, you know, as long as you stay grounded in that space of celebrating people, honoring people, not using people and not pushing yourself for sales, but pushing yourself for, not even pushing, but for relationships. And and I think that's been helpful to keep in mind. And then I do use a, a sort of schedule. It's loose. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I was telling Melinda, I don't do well with too much structure. Yeah. Because then when I don't meet that structure, then I feel like I failed. So that's yeah. no good. And I always feel like I want to, I want to stay relevant and intuitive to what's happening in the world in the moment. And yes. so I don't want to be too structured that I'm on schedule, but I'm missing what's what's now and that's this idea of being on a temporal ground all the time like it's shifting and changing so we're staying flexible in all things so yes but this is there's always this little voice in the back of my head of like you need to be on track you need to be doing this this up this this today and oh I know and and I I know a lot of people who use apps and plan their posts ahead and write them ahead and I mean, that's so great for somebody who functions that way. And I am not that person. Yeah. <laughs> I just can't, I just can't do it that way. So I do try to give myself this loose schedule of, I try to post once a day and I picked once a day, um, because that was feasible for me. And I feel like it keeps my business in people's minds of like, remember what we're doing over here? Yeah. (laughs) Yes. But I also think, you know, it doesn't have to be that often, but whatever it is that you choose, it should be consistent. Yeah. Is what I've found. Yeah. So if it's once a week, that's great. If it's once a month, that's great. Just stick to whatever you choose. Don't post, you know, 10 times in one day and then not post for a year. Right. Um, right. That won't serve your business <laughs> or your customers or Instagram. The algorithm won't like that. Yeah. Lots of things. But I think that's key too, is finding what works for you because yeah. there's so many models and templates of what should we should be doing. We can shit on ourselves all day long, yes, right? Absolutely. <laughs> but really it's finding your your rhythm and your pattern and what feels right to you in your life and for however much your business or your work is a uh, priority. Like it's yes. for you to decide because everyone's life is so diverse and different in so many ways that yeah. I think advice is good and coaching is great. But at the end of the day, you really just have to Make your own decisions for your family, for you, for what feels right to you and all the things that govern your life. Like that's, that's where the the real empowerment is, I think, for our businesses. It's so true. I think too, just recently I came to a head in my personal life, just with lots going on. Mm -hmm. Um, And I really felt like I can't give Leatherbird the attention that I typically give it. 
and I really was trying to hang on. I was trying to, mm. I was po- throwing up my post for the day at like 1030 at night because I hadn't <laughs> gotten to it. And yeah. I was like, what am I doing? Yeah. Like this isn't serving the business in the way I want it to. And it's adding more stress to my personal life. Like right in this moment, this might be a season where I need to just step back for a moment and trust that I've done a good enough job establishing my business that people aren't just going to disappear after a week. Right. And, right. and just allow myself that time. And so I did decide finally to just be transparent and to tell people like, hey, <laughs> got a lot going on. Yeah. yeah. I'll be right back. Yeah. And I think as a small business, especially if you've done a, a good job, you know, connecting with your customers, they know you're a person. Yeah. On the other end of that business. It's a humanity check. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and they will be understanding and supportive while you go do the thing you need to do. Yes. And then come back at the end yeah. of the, you know, end of the time period. Yeah. And yeah, I, I think personally, I struggle with that the most because yeah. I've only worked for corporate um, industries okay. and businesses, organizations that starting this for me, which was deeply personal and it's kind of unique. I'm not a franchise by any means. I'm yeah. just kind of doing my own thing, but it's still, I want it to be a universal thing and I want it to be not Melinda, but it is also me. So yes. it's finding that balance of, am I too corporate? Am I too personal? Where's this Ugh. middle? Is this about yes. me or is it about what's happening here? I don't know. I struggle. So it's always going to be a tension and I just yes. have to find each day what works. I really <laughs> struggle with that because like the business, Leatherbird, isn't gin. It's not. I'm. Do, it's a separate little functioning being that yes. I created, but so much of it is me. And, and when I feel good about my business is when I let me shine through it. Yes. That's when I love what I'm doing the most. Yes, not absolutely. Tr- yeah. I'm like not trying to make it look like something else or what I think it's supposed to look like, but yeah. really just doing something unique. That's me. So inevitably they are kind of intertwined, yeah. which is a strange well, place. Well, it's kind of like our kids. Like they are us. They are part of us, like physically, yes. <laughs> genetically, genetically but they're also their own thing. And we have to give them space to be their own thing and be who they are to other people. Like yes. it's that creative creation. Like that's women. We got this thing. We, we create, yes. we bring forth life and new businesses and new people and all these things like It's so hard to, like, my heart is really in the business, but I also know at a point I do need to personally detach in certain areas. Like if somebody Mm. doesn't like something I made, that is not a reflection on me as a human. That's that product over there that I put for sale and they might not like it. It might not be their style. They might not like any of my business, but that's not me. Right. And I think sometimes that's hard for small businesses. Oh, it's extremely hard. Yes. It's so hard. But for your, I remember in Mary Kay, that was one of the first things that they had to teach you because there was so much rejection Yeah, (laughs) and they would lose people, sales associates very quickly. She's like, you have to remember, it's like someone asking if you want a piece of gum. Yeah. Do you want gum at that moment in your <laughs> life? No. Okay. Yeah. Is is it because you hate her or because you just don't want gum? And I'm yes. like, okay, I'm going to remember that forever and ever and never remember it. Like in the moment, it's still like, but it's my gum. Yeah. Maybe it's me. Uh, yeah. Is my fingernail okay? Like what's the problem? It's uh, gum. Who doesn't want gum? Yes. Like, <laughs> And we wouldn't be human without that self-doubt. Yeah. But that is something I try to remind myself of a lot is even though I am like personally infused into that gum, it's like the person might just not want the gum. And they might be allergic to gum. They might be. You know, you never know. And then I, you know, at the end of the day, when I close the the books for the day, it's like I function separately from that. And I can't carry that with me or my heart would not feel good. Absolutely. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I think that that is something that we could all grow in every person. I mean, yeah. just knowing that you are separate, you are, that doesn't completely define you. Your work doesn't define you. It's a wonderful aspect of you. Yes. But 
you're still you, yep. you know, there's still life outside of that. And I struggle with that when I hang out with my friends and even my husband, he's like, okay, it's time o'clock where we now talk about this. We talk about each other and yes. <laughs> it's so important Just, though. Yeah. It really is. It's like easy when you own your own small business for it to bleed over into your entire life. And I, I really do think it's important to keep that distinguished. Yeah. And it, you yeah. know, it's like, there may be a day when Leatherbird comes to a close, hopefully not for a long time, but I st- like, I, I'm not going to disappear with that. Right. There will be more things right. for me. Um, not that I'm anticipating that, but yeah. I just try to remember like my self-worth is completely separate than that thing over there. Yes. Even yes. though there's, there is a lot of me in the yeah, business. Cause yeah. Cause we have different chapters of this, you know, yeah. what's happening in this chapter. I don't know. Yeah. I have to stick around and find out. <laughs> Which is funny. Cause that was my next question for you. Well, what is next for you? Do you feel like there's something on the horizon? Do you feel like your work with Leatherbird, with earrings, with community. Do you feel it moving you in? Has anything else started to sprout up? Yeah. Based on your experience so far? Absolutely. I mean, are you going to run for city council? Things like that. <laughs> that you know what I mean, though? Like yeah. these things that we don't realize that we had that we were like, whoa. Yeah, it is so funny. It, things really do trickle because, I mean, I guess we'll start with just Leatherbird itself. I've kind of been dragging my heels because my girls still aren't in school full time. My one daughter okay. has not started kindergarten. She starts this next year. Okay. My other daughter is doing online school this year. Mm-hmm. And so I can't put more time in right now. I can't. Right. And it's asking me to. The business is asking me to. St. <laughs> Jen. Yes. You know, but I can't. Um, but come fall when school starts for both of them, then I can. So Mm -hmm. I'm kind of like waiting to try to scale and grow, um, until the timing is right in my life, which has been really hard. Um, that's beautiful. You, you know, your values that are your priority. And I think what I hear when you say I can't, I hear that you won't. I won't. Because yes. you can and people do. That's true. <laughs> people do. We all, we have before in other areas. But when you come to that point of saying, I won't, because this is more value, is a higher value for me than that. Yes. I just won't. I love like, that's that. That's beautiful. That's what I heard when you said well, that. Well, and you worded it even better. <laughs> because yes, that is true. It's, it's, you know, I had to, I never expected Leatherbird to catch on like it did. I, I mean, it was, I had no clue, not a, not a single clue that it would be what it is and, and would be ready to grow. Hmm. And so I hadn't prepared for that growth. Um, and you know, as I wrap my brain around scaling and growth, I, I'm mentally prepared, but I'm not pushing the gas pedal on that just yet because yeah. I won't. I have other won't. things to do for the next few months. Right. I think that's such a powerful place to be too. Yeah. Knowing that you can, but you won't. Like that's that, that's a place of power. Yeah. I think yeah. though I'd like to try to scale gracefully. That's yeah. a, a goal for Leatherbird and continue to connect with community. I also, with the podcast, um, there's been some hiccups with studio and recording and things, but I really feel passionately about creating a community there and a space for makers to just encourage people that no matter where you are in your maker journey, like you can do it and hear from other people and learn from each other. Um, and that's something I really have feel a lot of passion for is that little project. Um, there's a course coming up, uh, the small business course um, through North Idaho College. Yeah. Do you want to share about that a little bit? Yeah, sure. So there is this amazing, amazing course. It's through North Idaho College and also Gizmo Coeur d'Alene, which is a maker space. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is right now going to kind of be in its trial run, or it is with a small group. But people who want to develop a business idea can come and be a part of this course and learn literally everything that you need to know to get started on your business. So is this specifically for a product or could it be a service? Could it be, you know, I actually, I'm not sure. When I think of gizmo, I think of makerspace, like a, a something you're tinkering on your, yeah, a product, like a tangible 
I think that's what the original intent was. The idea it's still shaping and growing. Okay. Yeah. Um, since this is the first trial run at it, but I think that was the original thought. Um, you know, the week that I'm instructing is about packaging, logo design. Um, so it is, you know, with packaging would be packaging an item, but I don't know. I would have to ask them about that. I just think what they're doing is so great for the community and, you know, getting people who maybe didn't know how they were going to have an income stream, but have skills in a certain place or ideas somewhere and kind of taking those skills or ideas and honing them and teaching them how to use them to create a business um, for themselves. Yeah. It's just a really, really cool concept. And I'm honored, totally honored to be involved. Um, but yeah, that'll be my first time instructing. Yay! (laughs) So that's another thing that like, I just never thought was on my plate. Um, but it's something I'm excited to dabble in and I just, yeah, I look forward to new opportunities And just ways to connect with my community and feel like I'm contributing positively to people's lives. Yes. It's kind of, I don't know, you know, you have to sit down and have a heart to heart with yourself at a point of like, what do I want in life? Yeah. And I feel like it took me until my thirties to like really think clearly about that. But I do think it is like creating impact in any small way that I can and connecting with people and community and yeah. Yeah. And you know... I hear you talking and I'm like, oh my gosh, there is, this is the journey though of when you start teaching things, when you start to instruct and you lead people in the things that you know, that develops a whole nother thing in you that you didn't realize was there. And then Mm -hmm. you start seeing other aspects of yourself come out. And for me, like directing a vocational school, that was my jam. It it was about the students. I love those kids. But it was watching someone who's been in an industry decide, yes, I want to teach now. I want to train up another generation of these industry professionals. And to watch that person go from a stylist to an instructor Mm -hmm. and see this whole nother blossoming happening of them in working and flourishing in their craft, like in another way. It was so cool. So I can only imagine we're going to need to have a conversation after your first (laughs) course, but like to see see how you feel about it because it is such a wonderful experience to be able to teach and share what you know. Yes. And I Good am job. Like, oh, thank you. It's a little intimidating, but I, I'm just such a, you know, to a fault probably. I'm a people pleaser, a helper, but it really does make me feel good when I'm helping people. Yeah. Yes. And I just see this as this incredible opportunity to help people with yeah. knowledge that I've gathered just through this crazy experience. Yes. Um, and that's sort of with the podcast, what I hope is I, when I started Leatherbird, I didn't know anything about running a small business, not a, not a darn thing. And I didn't know who to ask or where to research. And it felt very lonely and it yeah. makes it hard to start because there's a big learning curve. Yes. And so if I can shrink that learning curve at all for anyone through the podcast or yeah. through instructing, um, then I will feel like I helped. Yeah. (laughs) Helping. Yes, that's it. And the fact that you're still working it. I think there's a difference too when you're teaching because you maybe have retired or you've Mm. stepped away from your industry, but there's something even more powerful with someone who's doing it and working it and still loving it. And at the same time saying, let me show you how I'm doing it and loving it and working it. Like that, there's an energy there that is, you can't just encapsulate it. (laughs) I try to remind myself of that too, because there is a pretty incredible lineup of other instructors. Yeah. And I did feel rather intimidated at our first, you know, little Zoom meeting of instructors of just, am I qualified? You know, I've had Uh, Leatherbird now for two years. Yeah. It's not very long. And, you know, you start to, that self-doubt and the questioning and who am I? Who am I to speak like an expert on these things? Right. It's funny though. I go back um, in grad school when I was in school for speech pathology, I had a professor who said, you know, you're going to graduate and you are not going to feel like the expert, Mm. but I will tell you right now that you are, you are the expert. 
And you will always have that feeling of there's more to know. Yes. But you need to remember that you know more than the Joe Schmo over there. <laughs> like you have the experience to be the expert. Yeah. And kind of trust in that. And so, you know, I just remind myself, I'm like something, a point of difference for myself that I have in this instructing situation is I am currently in the thick of it as a maker and trying to do my business. And that might be a different perspective, you know, than somebody with 40 years of experience, you know, offers. Absolutely. And maybe that difference can be helpful to somebody. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I know it will. <laughs> I'm so excited for you. Like Thank this you. is a great adventure. It's, it will be it a new great. adventure, a fun one. And I love that this is another resource for our community. Yes. I mean, there there's private personal coaches. There is the SBA. Well, Jamie from the SBA is involved with that too, right? Like she's yeah, I think I'm she's not... teaching some kind of okay. marketing something. I was but... gonna say that they brought in some new instructors and I think there's been some shifting, so I'm not exactly sure okay. who's all in there, but that wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Yeah. I just love it. Like we're growing. This community is really growing. It is. It's adding to Advancing. our community. It just feels so good. I'm like, I just love where we live. It's awesome. So self-talk. Yeah. What practices do you engage in when you are feeling weighted? Like you're feeling maybe you might be an imposter or like you just said, like, am I qualified? Yes. Like, do you have affirmations? Do you go for a walk? Like what are some practices that you do to keep you feeling confident and and secure in who you are and feet on the ground? Yeah, <laughs> I think I'm a mix of like very internal of, you know, just reminding myself that everybody feels this way. You know, everybody feels like an imposter at some point. Yeah. And you have I have things to say and and I have ideas and just reminding myself um, of those things and kind of deep breaths. Yeah. I kind of go back to that sometimes. And then I'm also uh, like, uh, this is going to sound funny, but doing something creative that's not my business. Like if I'm feeling really in a funk and stuck mentally with my business, I will go do another creative outlet like I play music or write or something and it just sort of sparks that creativity that mm. started Leatherbird like that feeling yes and then I can kind of go back and and remind myself like this is what why this is different and why I have something to say I just feel more creative yeah I think so, so tapping into another Maybe yeah. an element that's been off to the side for a little yes. bit to kind and of bring like, you back to center. <laughs> and getting you can get so hyper-focused oh, on yeah. your business yeah. in an unhealthy way, at least for me, mm-hmm. that it helps me to just put it down, yeah. go away, yet spark creativity, yeah. and then bring that fresh creativity <laughs> back to the first yeah. thing. <laughs> so yeah, I would say like a combination of yeah. those things. <laughs> My husband always knows when I've been there that day because he'll come home and the living room is rearranged. Because <laughs> I feel like I have to move things in the physical so that my mind can shift things. Yeah. Because I'm stuck. I'm stuck. That's so funny. So I love that. The couch will be over there and he's like, What'd you learn today? Yeah. <laughs> he knows. What was under the couch? Uh, <laughs> that's the joke. Like, was there old rappers? Like, what are you? That's so what'd you funny. Dig around? <laughs> I wish I was that productive. I'm more like, go play marginal music and <laughs> sing too loud. <laughs> at least you have something. There's yes, something. <laughs> at least there's a thing. I love uh, it. Okay, Jen. So as we wrap this up, what word of wisdom do you have for any young men or women sorting out their passions and pursuits or, you know, if you're in the thick of motherhood even and you're like, like you said, and I know I can relate too, where you kind of feel like you've lost yourself or you are losing your sense of self. Like, yeah. What, what advice do you have? I think I would say, you know, don't get bogged down in the details or the expectations. Just do it try it and just like my mom and I always say kick the can just give it a little kick see where it goes and then go kick it again like it doesn't have to be this huge thing and in fact I would argue if you try to make it this huge thing before you've started you won't start and so you have to kind of let go of that and just let yourself 
start. I think too, just letting go of the fear of judgment or failure, that for me at least was a really big one. Um, and just just try it. Yeah. The people. Yeah. Those people in those the back. People those people over there. Over there. They're, not re- they're not really there. <laughs> or they're, they're great, nice people. Yeah. Maybe that's the thing. Maybe when we say the people, we have to envision them being happy and cheerful and like, yeah. <laughs> I think too, like I am a, per- I hate regrets. I don't, um, just in life, but I'm fearful of them. And I, you know, finally thought, I think I would, in hindsight, I would re- regret more if I hadn't tried this thing that I love mm. than any sort of judgment or failure that I've encountered along the way. Mm. You got it. it. You got it. That's what I, I was saying. <laughs> you got it. Got you got it. it. I love it. Thank you so much for joining me today, for sharing all of this. Like, I don't take this lightly. Like, this is your life and it's your mind and it's your thinking and you don't owe it to anybody and you just offer it though. And I'm very thankful for your time today. No, I appreciate you having me so much and hopefully something was helpful or touched somebody um, today. But I just, yeah, appreciate you having me on. Okay, Jen from Leatherbird. (laughs) bye everybody bye we'll see you again on court defense welcome to core defense a podcast for the femme perspective there's an overwhelming and inundated male perspective that has been dominating global conversations on the human perspective since forever. From business to home life, education to reproduction, it's time to create more space for a femme perspective as we continue to shape the possibilities for a meaningful life. We think about the male perspective as that's who inspired the Bible, pioneered and structured our nation, wrote laws, governed laws, made money and allocated money, head of state and head of house. Even the female reproductive system was identified and named by a man, Gabriele Fallopio, an Italian priest and anatomist. He coined the term fallopian tubes, which are commonly known as uterine tubes and ovarian tubes. But I think that just goes to show, like, as a woman, as a femme, our entire experience is often narrated by the male perspective. And we know that we need more female perspectives. All critical thinking requires every side to give an account because all sides paint a most accurate and complete story. So let's hear from her. Let's give her the mic. Let's give her a platform to tell her experience, her perspective, and in her own words, welcome to Cor de Femme, where her story is the story.